Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindorf and this is another Real World Road Test. And for this particular test, we're in the presence of a real automotive icon. What we have here is the 2016 Mark IV Mazda MX-5. Real World Road Tests on RadioLeMond.com. It was the Chicago Auto Show in 1989 when the first iteration of Mazda's little two-door sports car, the MX-5, the Miata, as it was in the States, and the Unos uh, in the Far East, and particularly in the tour market of Japan, was unveiled to the public. And it's fair to say that it was pretty much an instant hit over the three intervening iterations the car has got progressively bigger and heavier had some big names of the industry involved in it but it's almost sold one million cars which is quite remarkable for what everybody said at the time would never work the industry wasn't ready for a small throwback sports cars which was an awful lot of its uh, original concept to british sports cars of the 50s and 60s Uh, names like maury callum uh, brother of ian at uh, Jaguar, big designer there, of course. He was involved in the Mark III. But this in front of us is the Mark IV. Derek Jenkins, a man who has been around the block a few times as well. He designed this car and described it as his biggest challenge to date, although he's disappeared from Mazda since uh, designing this car and gone off on what is described on his personal pages as a stealth project. He's been linked to Apple and their cars, but nobody really knows what he's doing. But I can tell you, he's turned out an absolute cracker here. Learned his trade with the Volkswagen Audi Group before moving over to Mazda and uh, was involved with the Mazda 6 and one or two others before he was given what could have been, of course, a poison chalice to design the replacement MX-5, this Mark IV version that's in front of me now. The key thing is that it retains its looks as an MX-5. There's really nothing else it could be standing next to it here. Although, interestingly, having said that since the Mark One, the cars have gotten bigger and heavier, this car is about four and a half inches shorter and about 100 kilos, my weight, uh, less heavy, lighter than the car that it replaces. Sitting here in a sort of a pearl white in the early spring sunshine here in the UK, a little bit of road grime on it because we've done plenty of miles in this car, but it does look an absolute picture. So what are the key design parts of this car then? Well, it's got a wheel at each corner. The overhangs are very short indeed. A slightly more aggressive face, I think, than the the car that it replaces, which was criticised in some quarters for being a little too cutesy. Uh, This one certainly, with uh, the hooded headlamps and uh, uh, very distinctive slash marks in the bodywork from the front end, looks far more 
aggressive than the the one that it uh, the iteration that it uh, replaces. A little bit of a splitter underneath the front grille there and the number plate, the registration plate as required by UK, uh, placed right in the middle of the air intake there. Uh, sort of oversized Mazda badge there, right in the middle. And if we if I can do this one-handed, I might not be able to actually. Let's see if I can lift the bonnet one-handed. There we go. Underneath the bonnet, a very pretty and very clean four-cylinder 1.5 engine. Plenty of room in there. There is a two-litre version as well. This just under 130 horsepower, but plenty of room to work around it. Of course, this is the Sky Active Technology uh, four-cylinder inline engine. Battery up front here as well. Uh, fuel injection, as you might imagine, Although we're going back, throwback in terms of the concept of the MX-5, it's got everything that you would expect in terms of safety and up-to-date engineering. And that slams with a nice thud as well, doesn't it? Come down through the front end of the car, the front wheel arches just slightly flared very nicely uh, through the front wings. Uh, this car has got uh, 165, uh, 50 tyres on it. Uh, by 16-inch rims on the 1.5. The wheel arch flare just blending into the side repeater indicator. Gloss black side mirrors on the door here and a gloss black treatment to the windscreen and the, the top of the windscreen there. Body-coloured door pulls. Towards the back, again, just a slight hint of a flare about the area of the body over the rear wheels, the rear wing area. 15-inch rims, uh, 16-inch rims rather, looking perhaps just a, a tad small uh, in the wheel arches with uh, multi-spoke black alloys against the white car, though I think look pretty good. Come round the back, and it's really a, a big change here as well for Mazda. A sort of a boat tail as it tapers in through the rear lights, which has, uh, for me, more than a hint of a Jaguar F-type about it with the big round part of the light uh, in the rear light in the inside of the light cluster towards the middle of the boot lid. Uh, certainly, that's a throwback to the round rear lights of the masters in the past but then this arrowhead that sweeps out into the rear wing itself really really interesting and dynamic shapes at the back of this car we've got the hood up as it's parked uh, at the moment and the car looks perfectly proportioned with that going round through the back the boot release is underneath by the rear number plate just above the twin exhausts on this uh, 1.5 and a surprisingly deep and capacious boot. More than enough to get a week's shopping in. Trust me, I've tried. It's quite a small opening and quite a narrow uh, opening, but uh, that if you're sensible, you could get quite a lot in there. And the key thing about this MX-5, which is not the same on other convertibles, is hood up or hood down, the luggage compartment is not affected in the slightest, because uh, that just sits down on the rear deck. All nicely put together. Upper brake light just sitting on top of the boot lid there, just uh, between that and the hood. It's a glass rear window with uh, heated elements in there and very tidy 
rear end. As I said, I do like that taper, that boat tail in that. Now, it's a keyless opening on this Sport Nav trim level. Open the door to its uh, fullest extent and let's uh, sit ourselves in. Pretty easy, easy to uh, install yourself in the cabin. And when you get in here, it's exactly what you'd expect of a small two-door sports car. Everything is exactly to hand. Nice leather-wrapped steering wheel with the uh, Mazda logo in the middle and uh, various controls for cruise control and audio and telephone. This is a back-to-basic sports car in its concept, but it doesn't mean you have to give up creature comforts in the car. All the surfaces that you touch are very nicely appointed with leather on the handbrake lever and on the gear shift. The gear shift itself, what, maybe three inches high. I'll tell you more about that when we drive it, but you all really already get the idea that that is going to be something that you're going to enjoy shifting gears with. Uh, a little uh, navigation wheel in the middle here with a touch screen in front. That's part of the spec on the nav cars. The sport cars, uh, if this was a two-litre, it would get a strut brace across the front and a limited slip a differential. Uh, the 1.5 cars don't get that. Um, and, you know, this is a nice place to be. Leather upholstery with three-way, uh, three-stage uh, heated seats, there's a couple of USBs to plug your phone or your music device in and uh, three eyeball vents plus uh, a uh, oblong shaped air vent there. Very simple rotary controls for a very efficient heater and a blower system and uh, a little button to start and stop the engine. But before I do that, um, I've got the hood up which clearly is in entirely wrong. So, uh, let's see how long it takes to put the roof down. Um, well, the answer is not very long at all, because even doing this one-handed and holding a microphone, um, it's just a case of reaching up above the rear view mirror, which is uh, automatic electric dipping, and flicking that piece of catch and down to the back, and that's it. It's closed. That was done one-handed, left-handed, whilst I was still holding on to the microphone. So a couple of seconds. Yes, it's manual, but it's so easy to do. Uh, The reverse is true of putting the uh, hood up as well, by the way, because there's just a a release here above a locking glove box storage area in between the two seats. There's no room behind the front seats, but uh, that's not an issue because of that uh, capacious boot. Uh, there are, I would say, just not quite enough cubbies and storage in the car. There's a couple of cup holders, including uh, an interesting system that allows you to uncouple one of the cup holders from uh, the centre console and fit it onto the transmission tunnel where the passenger's legs would be and the passenger footwell. I think you could do that if you were on your own, but if you had a passenger there, it's too intrusive. You bang your legs on it and risk breaking it off. As this is the nav spec car and the sports spec car we've got leather we've got a uh, six inch touch screen uh, right in front of me the navigation works well it's got satellite or digital at least radio for the uk um, and all of that interface works pretty well uh, including the 
controls on a three-spoke, very sporty steering wheel. Two stokes uh, for indicators and lights. Automatic lights, automatic uh, windscreen wipers, or at least rain-sensing windscreen wipers. So all mod cons there, including tyre pressure monitor system, uh, on-off for the traction control just above my right knee, and the lane departure controls as well you can turn that off it makes a rumble or a beep uh, if you uh, run out of your lane but uh, to be honest i'm i've run with that turned off for most of the time there is a tiny little uh, place to store things in the center console i've got a uh, polishing cloth in there at the moment both windows are electric as are the two mirrors uh, and uh, I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect. You're sitting low, you feel in the car, not on it. The header rail for the windscreen is not too close to your head, and it's a pretty nice place to be. Niggles? Mm, Yes, well, I have one. You probably heard when I pulled the roof down, the electric windows dropped down about uh, two or three inches uh, to allow you to get the roof down without catching. Um, When you put the roof up, it does exactly the same problem is it advises you to do that with the engine off and that's fine Uh, if you do that or even if you have the ignition on the the windows don't put themselves back up again so when you've particularly put the roof up again and you're walking away from the car what you've got to do is then lean back in again turn the engine on or at least put the ignition back on to get the uh, roof back up or the windows rather back up uh, to their normal spot before they seal that last couple of millimeters themselves the black leather with red stitching is very nice i do like the seats there's a trim level above this that gets you recaros one really nice touch about the seats that uh, i've noticed is the uh, bose speaker system that is in the headrest which uh, allows you to not only hear the music or the radio uh, but also very very good indeed when you are roofed down and taking a telephone call hands-free of course So, all seems good inside. What about when you fire it up and drive it? Push the button, dip the clutch. Nice little throaty roar to the inline four-cylinder. Engine just burbling away, or the exhaust just burbling away behind me. And turn the radio off for the time being. Nice little touch on the three-dial dash with the speedometer to the right the tachometer, the rev counter right in front with a red line of seven and a half tachometer in the middle, rev counter in the middle exactly as it should be, but a little blue water temperature warning that just to tell me uh, that the engine hasn't quite warmed itself up and then a multi-function gauge on the left hand side uh, showing the water temperature, the fuel and a selectable information screen as well well let's just uh, let this tick over for a moment before I take it out onto the roads it's a real world road test and it's the mazda mx5 1.5 liter sport nav model real world road test on radio lemon.com well here we are out on the road in the mazda mx5 we are relatively lucky near hind off towers that we have a lot of very lovely country roads to play on and uh, the Mazda is, as you might imagine, perfectly at home on those twisty A and B roads. First thing I would say, having driven all three of the previous iterations of this car, 
is this is very much an MX-5. Good news so far. Losing uh, a few pounds, 220 pounds, in fact, from the last version hasn't hurt, of course, and the slightly smaller dimensions of this Mark IV version of the MX-5 aren't really seen inside the car at all. It's beautifully packaged, and with two up, and it is only a two-seater, of course, then you're snug, but you don't feel as though you're sitting on top of your passenger. Now, I've old, I've owned old British sports cars, as you might know, had a, most recently, a 1965 Sunbeam Alpine, and there's something of that heritage that is still in this new Mazda MX-5, and I think it's none the worse uh, for that. Let's just uh, spin this around here so that we can uh, not have to go into build-up areas. The beep, by the way, was the uh, reversing sensors on this car. Can't beat that throaty exhaust note, which is a real throwback to MGBs and Lotus of the past, I think. Let's talk about the chassis to start with. It's pretty good. If I'm going to be hypercritical, it's a little bit floaty over the fast changes of direction. The good news is, though, it's just as much at home on these country roads as it is on the multiple lane highways that I've been running up and down to the northeast in the last couple of days to give this car a good run out. Nearly 700 miles completed in the Mazda since I picked the car up. Not one, by the way, done with the roof up. Which is a testament to just how well designed this car is. It's not been perfect weather, although now, with uh, the temperature just nudging double digits here in the centre of England in this, I suppose we could call it early springtime. It's just about perfect weather for a small sports car. However, the good news is that overcast and even a little bit of rain at times didn't seem to unsettle us when we were sitting in the cockpit. Just the two side windows, but the management of the air with the roof down is very good indeed. And an excellent heater and blower system, along with uh, heated seats that we've never had to take of position one even when we've been well down into the low single digits in centigrade at least that means that with the roof down this is still an all year all weather car I dare say if it was coming down in stair rods and you were standing still you might want to just reach back and put the hood up in two or three seconds mind you uh, let's go back to the driving experience so the chassis pretty good um, I'm told by those that know that the addition of the limited slip differential and particularly the strut brace on the two-litre cars, the two-litre sport cars, and makes a big difference to how the MX-5 handles. If truth's told, only the very hardest of press-on drivers would worry about it. It does feel as though the rear end is just beginning to fall over a little bit. Maybe just a different set of springs might do that the power of good uh, as well 
in anything other than very dry conditions it's pretty easy to provoke the rear end if you want to rock ape the throttle pedal even with just on 130 horsepower to play with you can unstick those 16 inch rims uh, at the back fairly easily but it's very progressive and the car well, you're almost sitting on the rear axle but the car gives you plenty of warning of what it's about to do and I think in truth the chassis engineers have got a nice compromise between something that still feels sporty and stuck to the road and something that you can use for a 200 or 300 mile driving in one go and I speak of what I know because we did pretty much 300 miles in one day in this car and I drove the whole lot with just one fuel stop and got out of it at the other end feeling pretty good the engine itself 130 horsepower doesn't sound very much and indeed it's not uh, but it delivers its power uh, with some gusto I think it's fair to say it prefers being revved as you can imagine doesn't have a huge amount of torque low down but it's enthusiastic and although that red line is up at seven and a half there's not much more to give after six here now I'll say in the car's defense and in the engine's defense that we have got a car here that was literally delivery mileage when it turned up it didn't even have 200 miles on the clock so there's a little bit of loosening up to be done I, I, for me I think it's again it's a good compromise because you've got just enough power to make life interesting um, without you getting into too much trouble every time you go for the throttle um, and it is a car and it's been quite some time since I've driven a car where you can use all of the available power pretty much all of the time but with this MX-5 not only is that easy to do it's pretty safe to do and it's addictive as well particularly with that little raspy exhaust note the 2 litre has got a bit more power but then again it's a tiny little bit heavier uh, as well but all in all it's combining to make a beautifully well balanced package and one that makes you want to drive it properly so summing up then here's the fourth version of what has become an automotive and design icon which stays with the concept of the very first MX-5 from back in those early days in 1989 but has managed to refine it and in some ways perhaps even go back to its roots a little more than the cars in between it's a stunning job by Mazda we await of course the Fiat 124 and the Abarth versions of this car because the platform is being shared by the Fiat Chrysler Automotive Group now they're going to have 1.4 turbocharged engines which will deliver their power and the top version will have 170 in a very different way I've got to say this normally aspirated 130 brake horsepower unit suits the chassis and the car very well indeed and perhaps the most surprising part of the whole package and something that I probably wouldn't normally talk about with a sports car 
of any capacity is 40 miles to the gallon. An easy 40 miles to the gallon, actually, on this car, which is quite remarkable when you think about the fact that we've just been playing with it for the last few days. On a run, a distance run, well over 40 miles to the gallon is going to be conservatively attainable and I suppose as long as you're not taking it on track days uh, every couple of days just doing your normal run around you should be somewhere close to 40 mpg and I know the price of fuel has gone down a little bit but even so that's uh, still a decent return on every drop of that petrol that you put into the little chrome filler just a final thought by the way no paddle shift this is a six speed manual with a clutch there is an automatic option but if you're thinking about it and you don't know how to heel and tow go away and learn because this is a car that absolutely has to be driven as a manual the pedal box is perfectly positioned to heel and tow and even if you're not used to doing that this is the car to learn in and the car that will pay you back in dividends when you've learned how to do it properly. So the MX-5 now in its fourth iteration for 2016 is clearly a great product and it's a great addition to the line. And starting at just £18,000 in the UK, I'm not sure there's very much else that you could get the same grin on your face every time that you take the car out. Now, this 1.5 with the smaller engine but with the better specification is about £22,000 and if you wanted to add the 2 litre engine depending on the specification uh, that's anything from six to £800 more but to be honest 130 horsepower in this chassis is more than adequate and it just means that you can explore the outer edges of the performance envelope without feeling that you have to have the reflexes of a cat on energy drink. The Mazda MX-5 Mark IV, a worthy addition to the MX-5 line and one that if you are looking for an everyday sports car that will do pretty much everything you want has got to be on your list of cars to go and see. Right, now... Where can I hide this before the man from Mazda comes to pick it up again tomorrow? Another real world road test. Check out more at radiolamon.com.